Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I want us to look here. We're talking today. This is Palm Sunday, and I love the story coming in. I, I, I can't get enough of this area out of Matthew and then out of every one of the Gospels talk about this event. Where you find sometimes in certain areas within the gospel, one might talk about the feeding of the 5,000, uh, and some don't. And then you got certain miracles they talk about, and some don't. But this one, all talk about it. And we're looking today at a Luke chapter 19. And the Bible says in verse 1 that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And the Bible says, I'm not going to read every verse today because I'm going to give you the whole chapter of Luke 19, and there's a lot of verses, okay? So I'm not going to read every verse. But I am going to highlight the story and the pathway. Everywhere you see, something is repeated throughout this story. How many of you know the story of Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man. A wee little man was he? Come on, y'all know that? Do y'all remember, y'all remember Sunday school? Huh? I love that. And the Bible says, in this little man, what did he do? That wee little man, he climbed a tree to see what he might. Come on, I knew y'all knew it. And that's what he did. And he climbed up a tree. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped, spotted him, and said, Zacchaeus, come down from your tree. And the Bible says that he told Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on. Come on. One effort from a wee little man climbed a tree, and Jesus stopped and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. He got above the crowd. He got above the crowd so that he might see Jesus. See, some of you in here today, Right now, some of you need to climb that tree. You might have done it one time, long time ago, but it's time to climb again. Are you hearing me? It's time for you to begin to see Jesus again. There's a lot of things that we can see in this world and we hear in this world. But let me just tell you something. Politics and government is not going to save you, protect you, keep you, supply for you. They're not the way. Are you hearing me right now? Oh, y'all got real quiet right there. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about Christ. We're not talking about the way of this world and the way that this world is going. We're talking about the way of the kingdom of God and the way that Jesus sets before us. There is a way. If we'll walk in it, the Bible says, and I've been teaching on the blessed life for a while now, but the blessing of God will overtake you in the way. See, we're often trying to combine the two some way. There's some life in this world. But the Bible says outside of Christ, the curse is at work. Why we're we trying to draw something out of that whenever the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Oh, man, praise God. You need, somebody needs to hear that. When Jesus is at the center, when you're focusing upon Christ, sometimes you're going to have to climb up wherever you're at right now and take another look at Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus came to this man's house. I want us to read just a little bit further down. He says in verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, behold, Lord, 
The half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, or this house, for so much as he also is the son of Abraham. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus went from a worldly man to a place of repentance, a place of salvation. And let me just tell you what happens next. Jesus goes on to say, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then he says, he goes on and says, and verse 11, as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem because they thought the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And then he began to tell a understanding of the kingdom. And he talked about how a nobleman went into a far country to receive a kingdom and to return. How many of you know that Jesus has received the kingdom of God. Huh? The Bible says that when he rose again from the dead, that Jesus was seated together in heavenly places. Now, let me just say this. After he rose from the dead and he ascended, the Bible says he ascended to the throne of God and he's seated at the right hand of God today. And he is the king of the kingdom, the head of his church. That's why we call him king of kings and lord of lords. And he has received the kingdom. Remember how Jesus taught his disciples to pray? He, he taught them, he said, now pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we are called and God, the world is going to see us, see the will of God being done in the earth through us. Because we're of his kingdom. We're his people today. Is Jesus at the center. You know, one of the things we find within this passage is he began to, to teach. He said that in verse 15 through verse 27, it says that Jesus, being the king who has received the kingdom, gave a parable to his disciples and those who were listening. He said it's like a, this king, he, he received the kingdom. Then he says, to all of them to occupy till he returns. And he gave each of them grace, a blessing. And then he left for them to take care of kingdom business while he was away. But he promised them, I'm coming back. And when I do, I'm going to reward or give you recompense for what and how, what you did with what I gave to you. And the Bible says... As he blessed these people, he says, the first he gave 10 pounds. And the Bible says, or five pounds, or, and the Bible says, and he multiplied this, gave him 10. Jesus, the, the man gave him 10 back when he returned. And he said, well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, I believe today, and I could go on and on, but he gave, he gave each one a certain amount. And one, he gave one. And that one figured, I guess, you know, and, he, and, and I think it's unique because that one, he says to Jesus when he returned, he said, hey, you just gave me one. I took it. I hid it in the ground because I know what kind of man you are. Maybe he was jealous because the other guys had more than he. 
I don't know. But either way, Jesus called him an unfaithful steward of that which he gave to him, and he received no reward. You know, I believe it's so important today. Listen, guys, if we're trying to get the world's attention, I, let me say it like this. We're trying to get the praise of the world more than the praise of God. Something is out of order. If we look to the world as being successful in life because of what they have, how they live their life, if we give them the highest attention and the highest praise and the highest accolades, some, I'm talking about within the church, something is wrong. Are you hearing me right now? If you think, man, they got it all together because they got this, 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 and this, and they're in the world, outside of Christ, listen to me, you're missing something. You're not seeing the kingdom properly. You know, it's so important today that in the church, you say, why are you preaching this message? Because this is Palm Sunday. Jesus preached this message. Jesus come down and he brings, he restores a man. Then he tells a parable to the disciples and all of those around that were following him. Then he comes along, and the next thing you know, the Bible says he's coming down the mountain, this same mountain called the Mount of Olives, which is a very prophetic understanding. Jesus is coming down at six days, and he's traveling through. He sees Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he's traveling through to go into Jerusalem, and he's coming down a mountain, and actually, he actually stops and has dinner with Mary, Martha, everybody know that story, and Lazarus. They're religious people wanting to kill him because, and Lazarus, they want to kill Lazarus too because Lazarus was raised from the dead. You know, listen, not everybody's going to love the miracle that God's done in your life, not even religious people. Not everybody's going to go, woo, 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 man, that was good. <laughs> Come on. No, sometimes they see it as a threat some way to their existence, to their forward progress, to their movement of life. And they wanted to kill Lazarus. Instead of celebrate his life, they wanted to take it again. Sounds like the devil, doesn't it? Listen, the world and the devil's not going to stand up and, and shout your praise. Come on. You know, the Bible says that when God does something good in somebody's life in the house of God and in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what we're called to do? When they're rejoicing, we're called to rejoice with them, not get jealous. You know, Paul the Apostle told the church in Corinth, he said, when you're jealous because somebody else is getting blessed because they seem to be doing better than you are in some area or whatever, listen, and you get jealous and you get bitter, you get angry, you call division, the Bible says that you are immature and you, don't, you haven't seen Christ properly. We're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice. We're also supposed to grieve or sorrow when they are grieving and sorrowful. We're supposed to pray for one another and lift each other up and encourage each other. Listen, don't lose hope. Don't give up. Listen, God is a God of restoration. He's a God of blessing. He wants you to focus your life upon him and set him at the center. When you do, you'll begin to see the restoring, the restoring work of Christ begin to work in your family, in your life, in your health, in your business. I'm telling you today, God is about to do some great things in people's lives if we'll hear and we'll set him at the center of it all. Whenever Jesus was coming along, he gave this parable. He told these things. He comes to this, this house. He has dinner. Then he's coming down. He leaves. He's coming into the city. And the Bible says, 
that he gave his commandment to his disciples. Go find a colt, a specific animal, a specific age, in a specific place. Do you know God is a God of specifics? But we're the ones that oftentimes make our Christianity fluid. Let me help you with what I'm saying. Oftentimes, again, we prioritize many things above the things we're supposed to prioritize. You know, I, when I came to church this morning, and you, you, if you haven't figured this out by now, you know, I'm here every, every time the doors open. Well, you have to because you're the pastor. No, I don't. I got the same kind of fluid mindset that you might have. There's times I don't want to come to church. Oh, my goodness. There's times I don't want to preach 400 times in a year. Huh? Think about that. There's times that maybe I don't want to go do that fellowship thing or whatever. Are you with me? I'd rather stay home. Are you with me? Come on. But you know what? I have a prioritized already the kingdom of God. I have a priority in my life. So as for me and my household, there's something greater than this world can offer us. There's not enough fun out there in this world than there's better than in, than in the Holy Ghost. I found one moment in the presence of God if there is fullness of joy and there ain't nothing else out there this world can offer me. I don't know about you. Come on, somebody. Y'all need to get happy about that. But that tells you where you are in Christ. What do you seek first? Oh, but that's, that's just not the way I am. Well, we get fluid like that. We get that way. That's why Jesus said to set him at the center. Oh, he's at the center sometimes, but let's check our priority list. You'll find out where, you're, where he's at. I remember Dr. O. Roberts one time said this. I thought this was very powerful. He said, he said you can always tell where a person is at, where, where their heart is. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, where your heart is. He says, if, if, if you did a forensic account check, you can always see where their heart is, where their treasure is going the most. Are you hearing me? Man, that got quiet in here. But it's so important today that we set Jesus at the center. At the center. How do we do this? Well, Jesus goes on to say, I got some specific thing that I want you to do. How many of you know today God has a specific gift upon your life and a grace he wants to put on us even in a greater, greater measure? To cause us to abound in whatever we are doing to build and enhance his kingdom. To glorify him. Are you hearing me today? Do I need to say that again? Because oftentimes in the body of Christ today, we turn Jesus off when we walk outside the door. Sometimes we're trying to get hurried, so we, we get in so big of a hurry, we take off. I mean, as soon as you know, dismiss, boom, psh, man, we're gone. Oftentimes, because we did our thing and we got greater priorities. Sometimes we, we, we are prioritizing. Now, how would you like to have to preach this message? Are you with me? <laughs> My point being is, listen, we are called to set Jesus at the center. Because in the day and time we live, we can't play church. We can't, we can't say, okay, Jesus, you're at the center when I feel like putting you in the priority place. We say, well, I can't because why? 
well, you don't know what we're going through. Yeah, you're right. I probably don't, but Jesus does. And what I have learned is how do you get through those things? You're going to have to put Jesus at the center. But that's going to change my whole manner of life. Yes. That's the point. There is a way that God has for his people to walk in. And in that way is life, is blessing, is more grace that he gives. The Bible says, as he was descending down, when they brought this cult to him, people began to shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Oh. They begin to cry out, blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Then guess what? The religious people said, somebody needs to rebuke that guy. Somebody needs to, and that's what they said. In verse 39, and the sons of Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke your disciples. Rebuke them. Why? Because all of a sudden that sound that they were hearing was a threat to their existence, to their way of life. See, that's what the world does. That's what Satan wants to tell you, that Jesus is going to threaten your manner of lifestyle and create something that, that in you that, that you don't want. But I'm going to tell you right now, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, when he tells us that in him is life, an abundant life, why are we trying to serve the world and include Christ instead of saying, wait a minute, I'm serving his Christ, I'm serving the Lord, and, and everything that's in this world, God has set me far above. God's going to restore back in my life the things that he has promised according to his promises, according to the blessing and the grace of God. I can put my full trust in him. Does it mean it's going to come without trouble? No, you're going to have trouble serving Jesus. You're going to feel it in the flesh. You're going to sometimes wake up. You're not going to feel like prioritizing certain things in your life because you had a tired week. You got other things. You got whatever. Somebody shows up at the house instead of bringing them to church. Are you with me? This, that, and the other. All kinds of things start happening because our priorities. Where's our priority? Where's our priority? Is it Christ? See, in a secular mindset, this message would probably trouble the waters. But church is never called to be secular. We're in the world and we're not of it. We live in a different way and a different higher standard than the world. When has it become cool that immorality we laugh at? When do we laugh at immorality? The Bible says, when you look at the scripture, it teaches us, don't laugh at sin. Don't be in consent with it. And don't be conformed to the ways of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it's the way you set Jesus at the center. When we declare him Savior, that's wonderful. We become a believer. But this is where we can struggle and we're staying on the ground in the crowd. 
But if we'll call him Lord and we begin to climb up another way, listen, you're going to get above the crowd and Jesus is going to visit your house. Let me tell you right now, I, I love it when Jesus visits my house. I love it when I wake up, or I, sometimes I have visions and dreams, the Holy Ghost shows up and wrecks me from being normal. I don't want to be normal like this world. I don't want to be normal when it comes to just my Christian walk. I want to live a supernatural life. How about you? I want to walk in the blessing of God. I want to see miracles. I've had miracles. I know what it's like to live that life. I know what it's like to break through whenever there is no way out. There's no way, no other thing. I mean, when the enemy comes against you and you see God raise up a standard, supernatural things begin to take place. How does that happen? Prioritize. Don't happen no other way. That's why so many of us live lesser than where God wants us to be. What is that in your life today that you need to put Jesus at the center? The Bible says that as he moved forward, and I'm closing, when he came into the city, after all of this wonderful thing happened, verse 41 says, and when he was come near, he beheld this city and he wept over it. He wept over the city. Man, when is the last time you, your compassion came out of what's on the inside of you? When you see, I was driving to church today. I'm seeing groups of people, you know, they're out doing their little exercise. I'm going, man. Oh, Jesus. If they only knew. If they only knew who you were. Jesus, let the church arise. Let the body of Christ put you at the center today. Let's be restored. Bible says he came down. Verse 45, he went into the temple and he began to cast them out that sold therein, buying and selling, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. And then he began to teach daily in the temple. I tell you, sometimes. Some things don't leave until you begin to teach. Jesus, he could do no mighty works in certain places. The Bible says he went into a city. He couldn't do no mighty work there. So you know what he did? He went around teaching in all of their temples and all their synagogues. And the next time he showed up, great and mighty works began to happen in that city. The teaching of the word of God. I didn't come to play church. I'm not one of those kind of people. You're going to find out that I, I want to, as this, as for me in this house, come on. We're going to serve the Lord. We need to put Jesus at the center of pursuit family, the center of every family, the center of every home, every heart, every mind. Because we don't have time to waste. We have to shake off the things that are of this world that has gotten a hold of our lives. Because they're not going to bring you anything. They're not going to do any good for you. There's nothing good. Come on, listen. If, if we love sin, 
I heard it said one time, why do, why do Christians still sin? Because they still love something about that sin. There's something in there they think that they're going to receive from it. There's something in there that they feel like satisfies them. Now, that's why Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18, that's what that story is about. Where we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. What is it that we still get drawn to that somehow feels something that we feel like we need? Some sort of justification for something. Are you hearing me today? I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the body today. Jesus went into the temple and he turned over some table. He began to kick over the tables, man. He began to go in there and he said, no more. Are you hearing me today? I believe Jesus says, I want to be the center of your life, your family, your marriage. I want to fill you today. Don't let the things of this world begin to try to fill something in your flesh because all that's going to do is continue to lead you down into a place of bondage more and more. Might as well go ahead and put it on the altar today. Let's put it on the altar this morning. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.